0: we have to address the pushback against this idea that we have a story and that we got to do work around it mm-hmm. because people will say it's in the past. It doesn't matter. And it, it absolute, your past is living out through you every single day. And so it's kind of the difference between blindly going through life or taking a good hard look at what is my story, where did I come from, and how does it impact me every day in my relationships.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to the Grit Podcast, Getting Real Immersed in Truth, Intersecting Hard Conversations with the Gospel. We seek and speak the truth about what's going on around us. I'm your host, Rebrina Rattle, and we're at the end of our series on self-care with part two of the emotional and spiritual aspect we're calling soul care. If you missed part one of today's discussion, go to episode eight. We discussed how our emotional and spiritual selves are affected by our physical self and vice versa. Joining us again is Patria Rector. Patria is a counselor and certified professional life coach with The Broken and Beautiful. She offers counseling and coaching services locally in our community and online. Patria holds a bachelor's degree in nursing, a completion of certificate in trauma-focused narrative therapy levels one and two, and a completion of externship and trauma-focused narrative therapy, both from the Allender Center. You know, the Bible is a series of stories, but it's actually one big epic story leading to Jesus, a narrative in the lives of people and circumstances that lead us to him. The story God uses to speak to us. Our stories are part of the grace and redemption we're granted to show others god's grace mercy and love let's talk a little bit about broken and beautiful
0: so the broken and beautiful is my my private practice where um, i do counseling and story work and if you go to my website you'll see that i do it i have kind of basically three areas of focus and one is story one is prayer or spiritual care counseling and one and is life coaching. So that life coaching and the difference with life coaching is just that it focuses on what is happening right now. What do you want to see happen in a year or five years or three months or whatever your goals might be? Um, so the broken and beautiful kind of weaves all of those pieces together to offer care around um, people's lives, people's stories, places where... Um, Usually, people reach out if they're stuck in a relationship um, in one form or another. Yeah.
1: Now, are you do you primarily work with women?
0: Um, I primarily work with women because it's primarily women that reach out for help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I do have some male clients, and I and uh, I meet with some. I, I don't meet with couples together, but I do have some uh, husband and wife couples that I meet with as well. Mm-hmm. Those oh. are yeah Mm -hmm.
1: so the story work part um actually and then what is the website i'm gonna go ahead and put that in the show notes but what is the website
0: thank you it's thebrokenandbeautiful.com
1: okay yeah Mm -hmm. okay so the story work workshop give us a day in the workshop
0: what does it look like So the idea of the story work workshop is really getting the basics about um, answering some of the questions around what does that even mean? Because story story is such a buzzword. My, you know, one of my fears is that it's going to become not useful. (laughs) Um, So the story workshop is really to identify what do we mean when we say we have a story, Um, answering the question, um, do you have a story? And the right answer is yes. Of course, that's the answer we're getting to. But it's, it's identifying certain characteristics of what makes a story worth addressing, which all of us have one. And then answering a few questions as well. So what's the name? that I've been given? Like, what's, like, not not the name that I've been given by God, although we get to that, but initially, what's the name that I was given in the role in my family?
1: Mm. So, for instance, mm. not necessarily, my name is Robrina, but uh, no. middle
0: child, or, you know, the peace. Drama keeper. queen, or, yes. drama queen, mm-hmm. yes, okay. yes. Mm. yes, yeah. Or um, uh, intense. Mm. Or they can be more subtle, like "Mm, there's the quiet one, or, you know, it can be, it can be anything that leaves your soul feeling shattered Mm -hmm. or hurt Mm -hmm. and or not seen or attuned to. Those are all worthy traumatic experiences to explore. And they all make our story because we live out of those names.
1: I would agree with that. One time I was in the store and I heard a lady introduce her granddaughter, introduce her grandson and her granddaughter. And when she introduced her granddaughter, she said, and she probably won't tell you her name because she's shy and she doesn't really talk. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she didn't even wait for her. She didn't even wait for the girl to respond. And then she just said, well, she's shy. And instead of just introducing her, like, if you know, she's shy, she's shy. If she doesn't say her name, then just introduce her for her, you know, just say it for her and not put a label on why mm. she's not interacting. So, yeah, I thought that was so interesting. I was like, oh, my goodness, just, that's what she's going to sit with. One thing I used to say about my daughter, because she was a very quiet child, too, I used to say, she's observant. <laughs> Same thing. Well, because she was, she was always kind of looking around, what's going on around. But I was so, um, I was careful. I didn't want to use the word shy. I mean, now though, she will tell you I was very shy when I was Mm -hmm. young. Like she acknowledges that, but um, she's not shy anymore. But uh, she would say that. But I was very shy. But I used to say, I always just just
0: tell people she's very observant. That's awesome. That's a good word, observant. Like because there's such a, a positive connotation. But as you're as you're noting, any word can feel um, if it doesn't attune to us, if it doesn't really see our face and hold the space of our being, then it can feel harmful, and we can live out of that. And I think the idea is obviously that we want to discover what our true name is. Like what what is actually the unique beauty within me what's the stamp that you hold what's the stamp that I hold of the image of God Mm -hmm. and a lot of times and one of the things that I'm talking about in terms of the story work workshop is that we have to address the pushback against this idea that we have a story and that we got to do work around it Mm -hmm. because people will say it's in the past it doesn't matter and it, it absolutely, the, your past is living out through you every single day. And so it's kind of the difference between blindly going through life or taking a good hard look at what is my story? Where did I come from? And how does it impact me every day in my relationships? And obviously that doesn't happen in a day, but it's just learning the basics of, of that.
1: Mm-hmm. So usually, when a person leaves the Story work, um, Workshop, what tools are they taking with them?
0: The tools are, there's, so the Story Workshop is really educational. So the tools are really about, do I have a story? So it's maybe the answer, yeah. do, or considering, yes, I do, or no, I don't have a story, yeah. And then one-on-one care. So the one-on-one meeting that I do with people then can delve into the particulars of story. Mm-hmm. And eventually down the road, my, my hope and dream is to be able to have groups where people can meet together to do story work together. And that would be a longer term thing than a story workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so do people when they want
1: to attend the workshop, I cause I don't remember, I, I was on your website, but I don't remember if they call, um, no, they contact you via, um, a contact form or your email. And is that how they get like a scheduling or pricing and all that stuff? Is that what? Right? Yes.
0: And yes. And any of those ways are fine. My phone number is actually on the website and people can text or call. I'll either, um, re- reply when I can or call back when I can or send a contact form through the website. And we can talk about particulars. Yeah. So you mentioned that you do counseling
1: online too. So have Mm -hmm. you, uh, uh, would you do like a story workshop online?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I guess that's a short answer, but yes, it, (laughs) I mean, Group of people, because
1: usually you're in a. They're in a group, aren't they? When they're doing the story yes. workshop, it's not just a one-on-one usually, unless you request that. But it's usually a group of other people, and you're kind of writing out your story and processing together, that kind of thing. I went to a retreat yes. at the Benedict Center, and it was an anger
0: <laughs> talking about anger. It was cool. an
1: anger retreat.
0: <laughs> an anger funny. retreat that seems appropriate for. Oh, but, I
1: need that. Yeah, It was actually good, though, because once again, he spoke about how anger is an emotion. It's not something you should be ashamed of. And then also there's underlying factors in the anger. That's basically uh, yes. what he spoke about, which, of course, I found out what I thought I was angry about. I really wasn't angry about. It was underlying other things that I was angry about. So anyway, it just all yes. related into that one particular thing that I thought I was angry about. But um, in yeah. that we had to process together. And some people were very reluctant to do that. And he also talked about your story and he said, okay, now you have to share it with another person. And he put us just one-on-one. And there were some people who did not want to share. And they said, well, if I wrote it down, then I processed it. He said, no, you didn't process it. You have to share your story in order for it to be fully processed. I thought that was pretty amazing. I had never thought about that before. So in your group, you, you do pretty much the same thing. You say, you, you have to speak that out into the air to fully. Yeah,
0: you really do. It is about speaking because, well, there's so much happening, which again, there are so many smarter people than me that could speak fully to this, but I can say this when we speak our story, we actually experience it differently because our voice comes back in our ears. So it's a first of all, that's the first line where it's different than when it's just in my head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But second of all, when there's a face in front of me that's attuned, meaning listening, caring, um, understanding, listening to understand. Right then my story and the feelings that, that come from it actually can shift. The story, obviously, the, the actual details of the story can't shift. But the perspective I take on myself, on others, and on God can shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this experience when I was in my first year at the Allender Center where I told a story that was, uh, I didn't even, I, I couldn't have even said to you, that it was traumatic per se. And it, it ends up being probably the most severe trauma I have in my story. Mm-hmm. But after I told my group and I read my story, my group, I went home and I closed my eyes and the image of the picture of the story came up in my mind because the memory is there. But right. now in that memory are the faces of the people in my group that are mm-hmm. looking at my story with me. And that's literally what happened what happens when we listen and we so it's not just my voice putting the words out there. It's that there's a face that can hold it. So it actually does matter that there's a facilitator that's holding the space and naming when there's rupture. Like you mm. okay, somebody's not attuning here,
1: right? right?
0: Because then we're just re-traumatizing. So that's all part of story work. And pre-COVID I would have said no to Zoom story work, but it's created this Atmosphere where we had to try it and it's gone really well. So, yeah, mm.
1: yeah. That's one thing about this COVID. It is shaking things up and Oof. it's actually making some things acceptable mm-hmm. and um, in a positive way and uh, normalizing in a positive way ways yeah. uh, that you would not have interacted in the in the past. You, yeah. you know? and it's not even. Like, it doesn't even bother you. Like, oh, okay, well, this is just how we do it, and this is what we do. And so, yeah, it's a very interesting time. And, yeah, thank goodness for uh, technology and that we are, the things that we are experiencing at this particular time is what is very interesting and how we are able to use the technology to benefit us instead of losing because if you think about, OK, COVID in 1918, when they had the Spanish flu, I mean, when you were isolated, you were isolated. Yeah. At least now we have a picture, we have voice, you know, that that sort of thing. So there are some in these hard times, in these difficulties, in the distress. That's when, one thing I have to say that people really need to look at. I remember... Um, what's his name? I used to watch him. Mr. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Sweater. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he said that when all the tumultuous things were happening and his mother always told him, look for the work, look for the helpers. And mm. I feel that same way. Like there are some crazy things happening right now, really sad things, distressing things, things that make you angered, things that make you cry. But there are also some very beautiful things going on right now. And uh, love that 's being displayed and help and grace and mercy and it 's like I feel like look for God in these things mm-hmm. because he 's here and he 's showing he 's showing up you just have to look for him mm-hmm.
0: i I have been having a picture a lot lately, which I think I shared with you when we were chatting the other day of like his heart, like his chest and his heartbeat and my ear up against his chest and listening for where his heart is beating because there's so much noise and there's so much chaos. Chaos is the, the. it seems to be raining, but yet his heart is beating. Mm-hmm. And if we just listen, he, he is here. He mm-hmm. is here. I mean, oh my goodness, he's here. Mm-hmm. Can you hear him? I mean, just feel like, <laughs> oh, yes, he's here. <laughs> yes.
1: So what are some suggestions or techniques that people can do at home to help lessen their
0: anxiety? Well, the first thing is breathe. We forget to breathe. And, and we don't realize that we actually are not breathing Mm -hmm. and to just take full deep breaths that, that we focus on our breath and we focus on how the the air is filling our lungs and we focus on our body connected to the earth Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah the other thing the the
1: previous uh the previous podcast was on mindfulness and mindful breathing and he actually took us through a breathing exercise so yeah go Mm -hmm. to the uh, previous episode episode uh seven i believe if you want to do a breathing exercise. Okay, anyway, go ahead, Patria. What else do you have for us as far as uh, helping us lessen our anxiety at home?
0: Yes, thank you. Um, so that, the mindfulness piece is just so huge. And it's something regardless of our circumstance, no matter how isolated or not isolated, we can do. So we have the power to be mindful. And, mm-hmm. and I've had several clients tell me that they just had to go outside in their bare feet and put their feet in the grass. And that that grounded them, and it brought some anxiety. It brought their anxiety levels down to a manageable level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other things that come to my mind are acceptance that that we can't change everything, but we can do what's in front of us to do. So asking the question, "What's mine to do? What's mine to feel?" And what is God calling me into in that arena? Because otherwise we can just become paralyzed with anxiety over the bigness of the problems. Um, and then the last piece I would say is, is there's a difference between um, isolation and quiet or stillness or mindfulness and so just being aware of how much am i isolating and how and what do i need cuz like i'm an introvert i don't i don't need together time to to recharge and, enter, and energize so like this whole covid thing even to this point is like I'm not, it's not terrible to be isolated to this degree. (laughs) So, but for some, even for some introverts, that's not true. Uh, And, and they're really, we're feeling the anxiety of, of the separation from people. So what do I need to get in the presence of another person? Mm -hmm. And how do I build my life around um, making sure that that happens? Because truly, This sounds somewhat um, pharisaical, or not pharisaical, but uh, uh, it sounds wrong. And, And so it needs qualification, but God is not enough. It's not enough in these moments to know that God is with me. I need a person. I need, even if it's across Zoom or a phone call or write a letter, right? But we need human contact as well i was
1: yeah. gonna say i think i understand what you're saying when you say uh god mm-hmm. is not enough god is enough in yes. this particular circumstances if you are in isolation uh i believe that god sends people to minister to you and that it is okay to accept that ministry and yes. um even if like you said it is a phone call uh Telechat, Zoom call, whatever. Just to, to see their face and the chat and to laugh. Uh, you know, I have three other women that I uh, meet with probably at least once a month over Zoom and um, we call it our black girl magic time. And <laughs> we just <laughs> chat about what's going on, on, the, going on in the world, uh, what's going on in our country, personally with each other's lives. And we talk about God and we talk about our children. And so it's just a connecting time. And um, yeah, so there's nothing wrong with that. And it's okay to need that. Exactly. That's a basic need anyway. And so it's a basic need. Yeah. So in this particular time of um, if you're in a quarantine or lockdown, lockdown type of situation, especially for a lot of people who are working from home now who need that interaction that someone did say to me I missed the small interactions at work you know just you know you're in a coffee you're getting coffee from the in the break room or what and just a little chat here and there or going past someone's cubicle saying hello how you doing you know that kind of stuff that's that people do miss those little interactions and you know we do spend a lot of time at work and you almost spend more time with people at work than you do your own family a lot of times and so it I can understand if people are missing that and they need that. And so don't feel bad if you, if that's a necessity for you and actually, you know, reach out, do something. And, um, you know, if you can meet out with your mask on and you go to an outside eatery or whatever, you know, just to reach out to each other, check on each other, uh, make sure that you're doing okay and
0: um, be good to each other. Really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Be good to each other. And you said the word connection a few minutes, a few seconds ago, I just wanted to highlight that word too, because that in regards to anxiety, that's a particular antidote to anxiety is connection, Mm -hmm. whether that's with one another, or ultimately, of course, our, our big C connection is with God. And, Mm -hmm. and yet we do need connections with each other in in these moments and, and it just can be harder to come by, but it's a, it's a big antidote to anxiety when we can reach out for that, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Patria, this was a wonderful conversation and um, it was very enlightening for me. There's a lot of things that I learned um, about trauma, how it affects the body, how it affects the spirit, the connection between emotion and spiritual self-care. And um, I just appreciate you sitting down with us today and talking to us about this. And I want you to tell us again, how can people connect with you, uh, your
0: website, and how they can connect with you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. and people can connect with me through the website at thebrokenandbeautiful.com. You have to have the word the in there, thebrokenandbeautiful.com. And if you go to the website, my phone number is actually there. And it, that number at this point in my life is still connected straight to my cell phone. So people can contact me that way. Or there is a contact form on the website if people are more comfortable uh, messaging me through the website. I get those through my email as okay. well.
1: Okay. All right. This was so wonderful. I have to say, I will put everything in the show notes. I will put the website. I also put the website for the Allender Center so you can check out the work that they do there. Um, and I'll also put, uh, what is that book that you mentioned? Body, the Body Keeps the Score? Mm-hmm. Yes, I will put a link to that so you can see what that's about. And then also the link to the Bible study that I'm doing, um, Jesus and Women. But I want to thank you so much for listening today. And remember to take care of yourself and each other. This wraps up our self-care series. If you missed anything, listen to episodes six through nine. You can find Patria's information And the link for the Broken and Beautiful website in the show notes. I've also listed links in my uh, blog post or to my blog post, Faith and Healing Amid Turmoil on HolyLove.com. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D.com. And links to the Allender Center. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Connect with me on Instagram at Rabrina Reddle and my Getting Real Immersed in Truth podcast Facebook page. The podcast is produced by me, Rabrina, and Handcrafted Studios. Original music by Handcrafted Studios composer, Michael Coffey. For more information on this topic or to find encouragement in these trying times, check out these sites and podcasts that deal with the issues on a deeper level. To find Patria, it's TheBrokenAndBeautiful.com, The Healing Work of the Allender Center, and Books to Discover, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel Van Der Kolk, M.D., Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Zakaro, Healing Racial Trauma, The Road to Resilience by Sheila Wise Rowe, and the blog that I wrote once again on Holy Loved. My current Bible study that I highly recommend, the Bible study that I'm actually doing, is Jesus and Women in the First Century and Now by Christy McClellan. Uh, check out the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality podcast and uh, other podcasts you can check out on Salem Media's Life Audio, Christians in a Time of Coronavirus, uh, Story Behind, Breathe, The Less Stress Podcast, and Faith Over Fear. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other and keep your grit up by getting real while immersed in truth.